0: Hey there, thank you so much for joining us. This is a special simulcast edition of our Big Time Talker podcast, brought to you in part by SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau, and our friends at Headline Books and their Zoom into Books platform. If you are a reader, you're in the right place. Headlinebooks.com is where you can find all their titles. And their newest author signee is our guest today. He's an attorney uh, and a humorist his book is uh, centered around his long career as a public defender in a small town courtroom in southern west virginia l scott briscoe and the book is 99 legal tips welcome to the program thanks for being here
1: hey bro thanks for having me man
0: 99 legal tips and uh well th- there's a bad hip-hop song there we'll leave it alone um <laughs> i've got to ask you as we get into this thing what was it about a kid from the coal fields of Southern West Virginia that made you say, you know, I could be an attorney one day?
1: You know what? I, I grew up like most uh, kids in Southern West Virginia from a family of coal miners. And right. I watched my uncles, my grandparents, my stepdad, all of them uh, go through the mines and, and their bodies were destroyed and black lung and cancer and just all, all of the bad stuff. And I knew I wanted to break that pattern and to do something different. So here I am.
0: (laughs) And at what age did you say it's going to be law? I mean, was this something you figured out when you went away to college? Or as a young guy, were you a a big fan of of watching uh, Matt Locke and Perry Mason?
1: (laughs) Well, I was around junior high age. And uh, my family owned a Dairy Queen. And I always hung out with these older kids that, that worked there at the Dairy Queen. And one of them was taking classes at UC, the University of Charleston. And uh, she was basically a glorified babysitter for me one day and took me to one of her criminology classes at UC. And, and that just fascinated me. So that that planted the seed right there, that was around the eighth grade uh, when I thought maybe law school would be fun.
0: <laughs> and was it?
1: On the first year, absolutely not. No, no fun at all but I made up for that second and third year. Once you figure the game out and, and how to play it, I, I really enjoyed uh, every bit of law school. Absolutely.
0: And you are a proud graduate of the West Virginia University School of Law, correct? Class
1: of 1997.
0: <laughs> boy, That's how you do it. Um, L. Scott Briscoe is our guest today. The book is 99 legal tips, um, but these are really uh, uh, tips of what not to do that you picked up as a public defender uh, back in your hometown,
1: right? That's right, Burke. These are actually tips that you you should not need, but obviously someone did. So, and I just started to jot down my observations here and there of things that I would see and then post them to social media. And that was around 2014. Uh, So that was the origin of the book was just these small little notes I would take here and there and, and run to Facebook with it. And uh, which led to this separate site, L. Scott Briscoe's free legal tips on Facebook, uh, which is, uh, again, the, the, the birthplace of, of the book, 99 legal tips.
0: And, and people just discovered this organically, right? So one thing leads to another. And I know you've been now, these legal tips have been in Reader's Digest, and you've been on podcasts all over the country and in the newspaper, but you didn't set out to promote this in any way. It was just people found you and found these things fascinating, right?
1: That's yeah. I, I never had the intention of writing a book. I just I enjoy going on on to uh, social media and just spreading you know humor and, and being funny. There's enough uh, darkness in the world out there already, so I just wanted to be a, a, a positive ray of sunshine, at least out there on Facebook with funny stuff and positive stuff. And and these are things that I did not make up. Uh, There are so unbelievable that it was just, it was fun to share them on Facebook. And then eventually it got to where people said, Hey, can you put these all in one place? So I don't have to go through your entire Facebook wall to find all these tips. So that's how I started the separate page, uh, which then is now uh, the book that we're talking about.
0: The book is 99 legal tips, and you can find it at uh, amazon.com 99 legal tips.com, wherever books are sold. It goes on sale officially in, in November, so you can put it under the uh, Christmas tree, make it a stocking stuffer, and you can also pre-order it now uh, thanks to our friends at Headline Books. So, so you're in law school, um, you graduated in 1997, and did you say to yourself, self, I want to go back home and work in the Boone County Courthouse in my uh, hometown, or did, was there a, a, a meandering path to get you there?
1: No, it it was always the plan to come back home. Um, I'm very proud of my hometown, and I have definite, strong roots here. So the the plan was always to come back uh, to Madison, to the Danville area, and and to practice here in Boone County. I didn't know that the path that um, that I would take. Uh, I never took a class in law school on representing uh, juveniles, doing adoptions, or child abuse neglect, and that was basically the. The bulk of my practice for the last twenty-five years was I was the guardian ad litem in every child abuse neglect case in my county, and I represented every juvenile in the county unless there was a conflict here and there. So, and again, that's I never studied any of that in law school. Um, the judge just one day appointed me to a kid, and and it took off from there. And that's where I found my my definite niche in the
0: law. So, for for folks who are listening to the podcast from other parts of the country, or watching online as we stream on facebook sort of paint a picture of of your home county i know it i grew up not far from there but for someone who's listening in chicago or los angeles or new york tell them about you know boone county west virginia
1: okay well i would definitely classify it as rural not not urban um, uh, but the people are uh despite the stigma you might hear attached to that sometimes to to, to the word hillbilly comes to mind um, But we are still some of the best and brightest people as anywhere else in the nation, and and that's why I'm proud to still be here. I I wouldn't be living right here in Damo Madison if I wasn't proud of of, uh, the people that live here and in my hometown. We definitely have a a coal mining heritage uh, that was the lifeblood of of our county and of southern West Virginia uh, for so many decades. Um, It's coal doesn't have the presence now that it once did. And and that's definitely had an effect on on the economy here. But um, the the people are still thriving. And we have a lot of new projects coming to the area, uh, some new sports complexes, and uh, some big things in the works. So um, it's a little town with a lot of heart. Boone County is a small, rural county with a lot of heart is the best way I would describe a burp.
0: The book is 99 Legal Tips. Attorney Scott Briscoe is the author. So, so you wind up in the courthouse um, as a public defender, and and what does that mean exactly? How does that work? Because that really fleshes out this really really funny book of the people that come through that courthouse every day. You know, we see it a little bit on TV, but I don't really think most people know how it actually works. So, how does it work for you as a public defender there, right out of law school?
1: Sure. Well, and, and at the time that I graduated, we didn't actually have uh, an official public defender's office. So really? the judge, no, we did, yeah, we did not have a public defender. That came along uh, maybe five years after I began to practice. So since we didn't have an actual branch of the public defender here in Boone County, uh, Judge Lee Schlegel basically just appointed every other uh, attorney, well, every attorney in the county. He just had the hit list and went straight down the list. Today's Scott's turn. Today's Matt's turn. Uh, today's Will's turn. Um, so it's just a rotating list of lawyers that uh, were appointed anytime that was someone was charged with a crime, be it a misdemeanor or a felony, and they could not afford an attorney. In the immortal words, "If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you." Well, that was me. Um, and then eventually, uh, the public defender, the public defender corporation, uh, established an office in our county where we have a chief public defender now. Uh, But I stayed on that list being a private uh, practitioner for so many years, even though I didn't work in their office. I was doing my own thing, but I was defending my share of criminals, everything from uh, truancy all the way up to to murder cases and everything in between. And so in that almost 26 years now, I've
0: seen a lot, Burke, things you wouldn't believe. (laughs) Things you can't unsee, I'm sure. No,
1: cannot unsee.
0: (laughs) In a small town, you know, you would assume that there's not a whole lot happening, right? That that it's uh, pretty squeaky clean, but it sounds to me like from reading uh, the book, and, and it's a, an illustrated cartoon book, this was not necessarily the Mayberry that you would see on TV, right?
1: No, uh, we may have our Andy and Barney characters, um, but there are a lot of other characters that you would never see or make it past the censors uh, in Mayberry.
0: <laughs> so... When you started posting these things that happened in the courtroom, is there, um, is there any worry about sort of letting the cat out of the bag as to who you're talking about with all these various and unsundry weirdnesses that you saw?
1: Well, to the general public, I've left the tips vague enough and general enough. And the fact that I have these two cartoon characters, uh, Donnie Ray and Brenda, who, who act all of the tips out, um, for the most part, unless you were in the courtroom there when it happened, uh, you really wouldn't have any way of knowing who any of these parties are. So, and again, I think that my illustrator, Jeff Pearson, shout out to Jeff, uh, did a fantastic job. This was his idea uh, to create Donnie Ray and Brenda to uh, protect the identities of the uh, not so innocent.
0: (laughs) And so Donnie Ray and Brenda, um, uh, you know, I, I look at those two cartoon characters and, and maybe I'm I'm judging a little bit, but I'm kind of visualizing, you know, Donny Ray driving his 1990 Ford F-150 right out of the trailer park. Brenda's right there by his side, and and then bad things happen.
1: That would be a very accurate depiction of a lot of the events that led to each one of these tips. Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the first time when you were in there as a young pup attorney and? something just went completely sideways and you went, you know, I, I got a post about this. I got to tell people this happened.
1: Well, I had those moments and, and some of those were even before Facebook was a thing. Okay, so, and, and now you've got my mind racing about some of the older tips that I probably never even thought to back up and include that could be in the next book. Uh, now we have a
0: sequel happening.
1: Yes. Yes. You've opened up a whole new can of worms for me to think about, uh, my older stories um, because all the ones that are in the book uh, I posted contemporaneously. So I, I never did go back to, to the old school days, predating Facebook, which dates me a little bit as well. Um, but I've seen people fake Mace, uh, massive Fred uh, Sanford type heart attacks in the courtroom, uh, faking passing out and have to be carried out in a gurney. I've seen people try to at the last minute donate, uh, a body part that they couldn't live without uh, so their mother could live if they didn't go to jail. Uh,
0: wait, 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 let me stop you there. So somebody says, Judge, I'll give you a kidney right now if Mama don't have to go to jail. Oh,
1: well, Bark, if only he said kidney because you have two of those, you can spare that. But no, that's not what my client did, and he did this on the spur of the moment because I, I try to screen everything with the clients before we ever go on the record, and, and, and instruct them don't say anything that I haven't instructed you to say. But in this case, he just blurted out, "Judge, my Mama's dying and uh, she needs a liver, and I'm going to give her my liver, and, and you got to let me out today." Uh-huh. And, and I know that a liver can regenerate, <laughs> and I know that. But the way that he posed it was basically that he was just going to lop off his whole liver and hand it to her, and I had to take a brief recess and explain to him, dude, you've only got one of those. You give it to her, you die. So we had to go back on the record very quickly, and he withdrew his request to donate his his entire liver to mom.
0: <laughs> wow. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of guessing if you're the public defender, they have no financial incentive to necessarily – listen to you all the time and do exactly what you want and maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they've gotten themselves in this kind of trouble maybe the sharpness of the tool in the toolbox may not always be pristinely sharp
1: well and it gets a little duller after each and every charge and every incident and uh, you see a lot of repeat business which unfortunately for me it was good as a, a public defender that i had clients i could rely upon to have a a mortgage payment made every single month. But, yeah, there are <laughs> people out there that just won't learn their lesson. Bert, never.
0: <laughs> As a public defender, you make probably less money than you would if you were like charging a regular hourly rate. But do you kind of make it up in volume with these these crazy oh, people?
1: Absolutely. As a public defender, and God bless all of you public defenders out there, not just in West Virginia, but all over the country and the world, because you're you're doing. Um, Some pretty noble work at the bottom rate. And these are top rate lawyers. You know, people, there's this stigma. Oh, my son's charged with a horrible crime. I need to go buy this high priced lawyer at a big firm. But uh, it's these public defenders that do this day in, day, day out. And they know that law better than anybody. And they know. And again, to quote a good buddy of mine, you know, a good lawyer knows the law. A great lawyer knows the judge. And that's these public defenders in these little towns, these local courthouses uh, that know the system. And, and uh, they do it for you know a, a fraction of what you think attorneys make. Um, and that's how I started right out of law school. Well, a couple of years at a law firm here in town, but uh, quickly out onto the uh, court-appointed list, living paycheck to paycheck there for
0: a while. <laughs> I'm almost visualizing, and I don't know if you remember this, the old TV show Night Court.
1: Mark, that is exactly what these tips remind me of. As a kid, uh, one of my my favorite memories was sitting on the couch with my my grandmother, uh, God rest her soul, Gladys Ramsey, and she loved Night Court, loved it. And we sat there and watched it every week religiously. And I can remember these small vignettes. They would have an episode where Harry had to try so many cases before midnight. It was just scene after scene of. You know, they're charged with something and then it cuts to the, the client wearing something ridiculous that they should not be wearing. Like, for example, in my book, um, a client that was charged with a stealing a car and he shows up to court and wearing a T-shirt that says, drive it like you stole it. Uh, and those are the kind of things <laughs> that I've actually see from my court. And I can just give you a list of so many things I've seen people wear <clears throat> or not be wearing that they should be wearing <laughs> in the courtroom so yeah zany uh night court scenes to from my experience are more realistic and true to life than anything from law and order or alley and deal
0: <laughs> do, do you get to know like in night court i remember Marky post was on that show and john larriquette played the the attorney uh, you know everybody kind of knew everybody so you know i'm a- imagining a small town like that like you see the bailiff all the time
1: we were a family. The, the judge, the bailiff, the court reporter, the prosecutors, the public defender—all of these solar practitioners like me—we uh, were we were all a family. And it, it was a great ride there, for a quarter of a century. We would the entire courthouse back in, in the day in the holidays. We would um, cut court early in an afternoon and have a huge buffet laid out on the top floor of the courthouse. And and again, the prosecutors. And the pub defenders were all literally breaking bread together, and just everyone knows everyone. And again, once these tips started to go viral, um, if I wasn't in the courtroom and something would happen, the prosecutor, the court reporter, the judge would make sure, "Hey, Scott, you got to post this." So, yeah, it was. Uh, I loved my courthouse family, and uh, I know that we've all gone our separate ways, but I still think of them every day for sure.
0: Scott Briscoe is our guest today. He's an attorney in Boone County, West Virginia, and he's the author of the brand new book, 99 Legal Tips, illustrated by uh, the incredible Jeff Pearson uh, with these, these pencil sketches of Donnie Ray and Brenda, who represent uh, the folks that you and others have attempted to defend uh, in court. Right. Uh, always, I'm sure not successfully. Did you ever? Did you ever keep track of what your percentage of success was with with this sort of thing?
1: Oh no, I never kept numbers. But um, defining success is, is tricky in, in my career. Um, sometimes, if you can, you know, have a client get off with pleading to something, but no jail time, that is a victory. He may have been convicted, but his butt didn't go to jail. So it, it depends on who you're asking, how, how you define uh, success. Uh, but um, I'll put it this way. I had enough wins that I, I never gave up, and I, I'm still a lawyer. <laughs> haven't
0: been disbarred yet, as of today. Right, right. <laughs> so for the folks who are watching online right now, we're going to take a look at a couple of these uh these cartoons from 99 legal tips, these illustrations, and we'll put one up on the screen. And if you're listening to the podcast, the audio of the podcast, I encourage you to go to 99 legaltipscom and you can see a replay of, of some of this. So we're going to take a look at a couple of these, uh, th- these illustrations that Jeff Pearson, who is also a fellow West Virginian uh, has done of Donnie Ray and Brenda and, and Scott, have you uh, maybe describe one of these uh, Scott Briscoe is, is our guest today on this special podcast and video podcast of uh, zoom into books and the big time talker podcast, the very first uh, legal tip in, in your book, Uh, if you can read this caption and tell us what was happening here.
1: Sure. Sure. This is a legal tip. Number one, the very first one of the book. And this is, this is the first one that I went to, to social media with that started. This is the OG tip and it reads do not, post photos of yourself committing crimes a b and c they will become states exhibits one two and three um (laughs) and what happened here Bert? um this was when i was representing juveniles
0: Uh and
1: uh these three uh young ladies uh teenagers uh in one of our rural areas which i'll i'll refer to as a holler everyone in, here in West Virginia knows what I'm talking about. They're up the holler and they found a trailer that was empty and they considered to just be abandoned. And um, they were looking for a spot just to have some fun. So they, they go into this trailer and they start to take selfies like teenage girls do. And in these selfies, they're posting to Facebook. Um, they tag it with, Hey, look, we're committing uh, trespass. Uh, now we're committing destruction of property. Oh, now look, we've moved up to arson. And they post the pictures of them partying in the trailer, destroying the trailer, setting the trailer on fire. So Burke, can you imagine what they were charged with when the prosecutor saw their three pictures? <laughs>
0: so so you as a public defender, you have this dropped in your lap. I mean, that's, that's uh, I would say, pretty irrefutable uh, evidence if it's up on Instagram or whatever. Uh, the, the pictures of these things being committed. So what do you say to that?
1: Well, well, first of all, I say that's why I repeat this tip three times in the book in some form or fashion uh-huh. because you're basically handing the prosecutor a video confession um, and committing the crime on camera, <laughs> which makes it, um, I won't say impossible, but certainly more difficult for defense counsel to deal with uh, yeah. in court <laughs> when you basically hand over the confession. Um, so yeah, if you would just, please just stop posting your crimes on Facebook and and tagging yourself, that would be great.
0: Yeah. I think (laughs) that probably the internet has become a whole thing with that. I I remember the the old story about Willie Nelson, uh, when, when his, uh, current wife walked in on him with his current girlfriend and and Willie said, honey, are you going to believe me or your lying eyes? And it's sort of, you know, with the internet, yes. the internet is uh, is a thing that probably makes it a little tougher for public defenders. All right. So that is the very first legal tip in the book. There are 98 more examples of craziness that happened. And, and I want to look at a couple more of these um, that you can find at 99legaltips.com or amazon.com. This is legal tip 42. And, and it's, uh, the caption is this stop taking pictures of your illegal activities on your phone stop just stop
1: (laughs) burke i posted this one out of frustration one day i was back in court and uh, i think this is the one with um the client who was on home confinement and i can't remember why she was on home confinement But she posted a selfie. And again, home confinement means you are supposed to be at home. You have a a, a bracelet on that monitors you. And if you leave the property, it's supposed to alarm your probation or home confinement officer. The words (laughs)
0: home and confinement are pretty descriptive here. Pretty
1: pretty clear. Pretty clear. So this lady chose to post a selfie um, from a tanning bed. And and, (laughs) and guess what? She doesn't own a tanning bed. There's not a tanning bed anywhere in her house. (laughs) so within minutes of her posting this glamorous shot of her in the tanning bed that the home confinement officers are and route to her house to pick her up and send her straight to jail and i have to deal with this they get mad they're so frustrated i'm like well just stop posting these things you know you shouldn't be putting on on social media so and that and you can hear my frustration in in i think you hear my voice in the way i wrote that tip and just Stop it. (laughs) Just because every day it was just an avalanche of those. And another one, I've told you this story before, Burke, and I'll make it briefer this time. But basically, I had a teenage girl that was supposed to be on home confinement Uh um, here in West Virginia. And her mother goes and posts a picture on Facebook Oh, look at my baby on spring break in Florida. And she came in third in a booty shaking contest. Well, first of all, must be proud. If it would have been first place, I might have been more forgiving. But yeah. to out your daughter for breaking home confinement for third place in a booty shaking contest uh, was just not cool. And she ended up getting her uh, probation or home confinement revoked. Yeah, it went downhill. So, and this was mom that did it this time. So it's just silly things that you really think people would know better than to post and the lawyer should not have to be defending in court. But here, here we are again
0: parent of the year that lady you know she's yeah. got to be proud she's looking for that nugget of things that she can be proud of with that daughter yes and third yes. place in the florida booty shaking contest is it um, a ribbon yeah <laughs> she, yeah okay uh these are legal tips from uh from scott briscoe's new book 99 legal tips available from headline books this is the kind of book that that dare i say it scott will wind up in in uh bathrooms all over the country um <laughs>
1: My so,
0: goal you know, part. Well, you gotta have goals, and I think this is this is gonna be one of those books that's gonna wind up uh, up there. This may be on the same level, and you can only hope as as 101 uses for a dead cat. I mean, it's right up there with that kind of humor. Um i let's try to keep a,
1: it highbrow. i try to keep it highbrow.
0: Another one of these highbrow <laughs> illustrations, uh Donnie Ray and Brenda again are the the uh, protagonist in this book, mm-hmm. these great pencil sketches from Jeff Pearson. All right, this is the 85th legal tip in the book. Why don't you read this one for us?
1: Sure, Bert. This is a legal tip number 85. Hauling a tow service to haul a broken down ATV that you are in the process of stealing creates a paper trail and witnesses.
0: This didn't really happen. This couldn't possibly
1: happen. It really happened, Mark. Dude stole an ATV, and he and his buddies are down the road with it a couple miles, and it breaks down. And they actually called on their cell phone for a tow truck to come out and help them. So there's tow truck driver (laughs) witness number one. There's the receipts where they paid for the tow. Uh, It just creates a trail of evidence that's not good for defense counsel. So, again, if you're going to commit a crime – try to keep it on the down low. Don't involve anybody else. Don't confess. Don't leave any paper trails.
0: (laughs) And and when you get handed this case, what do you do with that? Do you just go, okay, prosecution for the win. I'm out.
1: Well, that's when you got to look at how, what can I get this reduced to? Um, And there's normally in in most cases, a handful of charges that you have a little wiggle room to negotiate. Hey, if you'll drop, you know, these three charges, he'll plead to this one, that kind of thing. So it just uh, it gives you some um, fun stuff to negotiate.
0: <laughs> and, and at what point are you talking to this guy, And we'll call him Donnie Ray, uh, for the sake of argument, because, you know, most folks need two first names. Um, so you're talking to Donnie, Donnie Ray, and, and you say, um, look, you know, you stole the ATV, and then mm-hmm. you called the tow truck, um, and there are witnesses and receipts and such. You realize that you really screwed this up. I mean, does the light bulb ever come on with these folks?
1: Uh yeah, for the most part it does. I mean, they in hindsight realize, wow, that was really, really dumb. I, I was not thinking. But again, uh especially with your repeat customers that have um, and again, I'll think when you made the Maybrae reference to Otis, Otis yeah. was the sharpest tool in the shed uh too much moonshine right so yeah so i've had clients that have had had similar issues uh and have, have abused their their minds their bodies too much to be able to use logic and and reasoning um and they, they'll come up with bizarre alternative um lines of thought that you have to deal with
0: <laughs> alternative deal lines
1: with. of thought
0: <laughs> yes
1: Yes, that's yes. the best way to put
0: it. <laughs> An alternate reality. How much yes. of these things that happen in your little hometown that, that you write about in, in 99 Legal Tips, how much of it is, uh, you know, way too much Mad Dog 2020 or I've been sniffing glue out behind the garage uh, related is, is a lot of it, most of it, because this doesn't well, seem like normal behavior.
1: Uh, to me, it does just because I've seen it for 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, Burke, if you talk to any other public defender that that did it for over two decades, any lawyer, any lawyer out there could write the same book because they're going to have as many kooky stories. It's just they didn't commit them to paper or make a note of it like I did. But, and again, if you go on a case by case, you know, a tip by tip basis, like the one that's, um, and I can't remember the, the tip number, but if you ever show up in court and you have, a very drunk client and the judge tells you to bring your client back after he's had, you know, a dozen cups of coffee in 24 hours, all you're going to have is a wide awake drunk at that point. (laughs) So (laughs) that was the issue there was he couldn't get off the sauce. Uh, and you'll see others where a client broke into a pharmacy and actually literally left a pill trail, uh, that, that led to his arrest. Um, so, again, uh, well, I would say actually drugs is probably, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, at least probably due to half of the tips in there, if not more, uh, the backstory. Someone was either stealing for drugs or got caught using drugs or exchanging sex with someone inappropriately for drugs. Um, yeah, that definitely changed my practice when, when the uh, opioid epidemic landed.
0: The book is 99 Legal Tips. Scott Briscoe has to laugh at what he has seen in over two decades as a public defender in Boone County, West Virginia. The cartoon book is illustrated by Jeff Pearson and is available at 99legaltips.com and headlinebooks.com for pre-order now. The book drops uh, to the whole wide world in November, and it's already being briskly pre-ordered and amazon.com and uh, <laughs> online stores everywhere. Let's look at a couple more of these. Um, here's one. Uh, the illustration for legal tip number 93 features your female uh, protagonist, uh, Brenda. What What is happening here with Brenda in this legal tip, Scott?
1: Okay. In this legal tip, Brenda is filling out uh, basically a petition to have what most people think of as a restraining order against someone because they've had some type of domestic violence or a fight. So she's, but she's normally that's up.
0: not very funny, you know, domestic violence, not a whole lot no. of laughs, but in no. this case, it kind of goes think so.
1: And, and exactly. And in this case, um, I wasn't in family court. Um, but my, one of my friend, uh, attorneys was, and plus the court's uh, secretary couldn't wait to, to tell me after the fact as well. Ah. Uh, like I said, everyone comes to tell me these things now. So in this situation, um, the lady filled out the uh, petition asking uh to not or uh, to have the restraining order granted and, and i'll just read the tip to you here when listing your relationship to the respondent in a domestic violence protective order petition okay that you're dating um but listing that he's your first cousin is just superfluous <laughs> Means wow. that basically, she and her first cousin were dating, and she filled out a form to have a restraining order against him, and, and included in there, um, in their relationship that they were dating and that they were first cousins.
0: <laughs> so, just so you know, Your Honor, uh, not only uh, are we dating and there's an issue, but he's also my first cousin. We we share some genetic material. Yep. Okay. You <laughs> so you were just defending uh, Boone County, West Virginia earlier about these stereotypes. And yet here we are. God, it's go.
1: everywhere, Bart. It's everywhere. It's not and just yet, West Virginia. here
0: we are. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at another one that, that perhaps doesn't involve cousin dating. This is legal tip number 95. And it has both Donnie Ray and Brenda. Um, and the legal tip reads as following. Before leaving the pharmacy that you're burglarizing, make sure the pill bottles left on the counter are not filled with pebbles and notes from the pharmacist that read, Sucker and get a job. So it happened. So someone broke into a pharmacy and then what?
1: Well, in this situation, the pharmacy had been uh, burglarized. Uh, on numerous occasions, so the pharmacist got wise and decided to set out a decoy stash of drugs in the open, easily accessible, uh, <laughs> so that the, they might go for those instead of the, the actual drugs that are locked up. So these three guys break into the pharmacy and they see all these shiny pill bottles that are out in the open, and they just jackpot. they're scooping them all into their bags, and they get all the pills. And they run down the the tracks, the railroad tracks, running away from the scene. And uh, they get far enough away that they decided that this is a safe enough distance. Let's stop for a second and see what kind of haul we got. So they (laughs) pull out the pill bottles that, when you shake them, sound like, you know, they have pills in them. But when they open each little bottle, uh, they were shocked to find little tiny pebbles and, and little rocks. And little tiny rolled up notes in each pill bottle that said "sucker" and "get a job." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
0: the pharmacist should probably get some sort of uh, fruit basket or some sort of gift from the court for this. This is pretty good on the pharmacist's behalf.
1: It, it, it was a gift to me, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> straight a to nice book cartoon, a
0: nice page in your book. Right. Right. Wow. So Um, these
1: fellas all picked up felony convictions over pebbles and notes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's see. Let's see if we can look at at least one more of these. um, Because I could just, this amuses me to know in that these are real things that you did not make up Uh, legal tip 96 has uh, somebody looking at someone through binoculars. What what's happening here in this legal tip? What happened in court with you?
1: Okay. Uh, In this instance, uh, the defendant, was scoping out. Uh, he was actually on school property, scoping out a car to break into, looking for some money to buy certain types of materials. So, he actually found a car uh, where there was um, a, a purse left inside. Right. So he he broke into that purse in the car and stole that purse and the credit card, and he took the credit card straight out and and bought all the materials you need to make meth um the one little piece of info though that's really key in the story is that that purse that he stole yes was um the judge's wife's purse
0: <laughs> yeah that could cause problems i think that's where the whole yeah. thing the, the enterprise the criminal enterprise goes sideways if you steal the judge's wife's purse
1: yes she was a teacher at the school so yeah he picked the wrong victim which obviously the, the judge could not hear the case there was a conflict but um, yeah you don't want to still (laughs) judge his wife's purse (laughs)
0: um is there one of these overall one of these stories that sticks out to you as the most incredible thing the one that actually made you physically shake your head from left to right when it happened in the courtroom
1: (sighs) Well, there is there. There's one. It's it's my favorite, and it's not really appropriate for like at the dinner table. Um, but we're on a podcast here, so I'm just going to let it go. Okay. Um, and this is one that normally, uh, and like I said back in the, in the day, we were a courthouse family, and and uh, judge, court reporter, bailiff, prosecutor. We we all knew each other well, and we had all perfected our poker faces and professional law faces in the courtroom. If someone said something <laughs> that was kind of naive or Um, uneducated but there was one instance one one day one time when the judge the court reporter the bailiff the prosecutor and all and I could not contain our our reaction to to what my client said and this is um, this was a young fella he was about 11 or 12 years old and and as I mentioned at the beginning of, of this podcast that I live in a very rural area and some of the The residents of our county live up, and I've said the word holler before, uh, and this little fellow lived up a holler, up a holler, up a holler, where the school bus did not go. (laughs) And his parents were supposed to take him out to a drop-off point. Uh, That never happened, and he just never went to school. So eventually, he got picked up for a truancy charge and brought into court. And and I've already kind of given you the idea that he lived off of the, the beaten path figuratively and literally, Um, he was very isolated and and they didn't get out, they didn't socialize much. Um, I'm doubting they had any internet services where he lived and he just didn't have an idea really how the world worked. So here he stands, innocent, naive, 11 or 12 years old in the courtroom with me. Uh, We're standing before the judge, Judge Schlegel, on the bench and um, the judge as a routine matter would always drug test every juvenile that came through just to make sure they didn't have anything in their system before they would start probation or something of that nature. Sure. Yeah. So to, to cue the kid up, uh, Judge Slagle looks at this kid and says, son, I'm going to send you in that bathroom in there and you're going to take this cup in there with you and you're going to give me a sample and you better tell me right now, is there going to be anything in it? And, and I looked over at him and I didn't know what he was going to say um, because we hadn't discussed this. And he hung his head down for a minute and he's kind of thought and he just kind of looked up at the judge and goes maybe some corn
0: oh now, you got to think
1: for a minute what is he and then it's like the grenade bomb goes off and you realize oh he wasn't gonna go he wasn't gonna pee in the cup he was gonna do something else in it's the
0: gonna cup. be number two yeah <laughs>
1: And he sincerely, yeah, he actually thought that's what the judge was asking him to do. So thank <laughs> God the Judge Schlegel, you know, queued him up with that question and answer so we could tell him before you go in there, this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so that, and that was the one that was, it was such a. Uh, unexpected and, and, and hysterical answer uh, that the judge busted out. We, we all kind of busted out and chuckled and, and laughed and it was just a,
0: a <laughs> I'm a just I'm visualizing your eyes meeting the judge's eyes and the bailiff's eyes wants. and the court reporter's yes. eyes.
1: Yes, because it all took us that brief second. Like everyone that I tell this to, to, it takes you a second or two to register with what I'm telling you. And then when it sinks in, oh, he's just going to go drop a deuce in a cup. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm very lowbrow. I have the humor of a
0: 12-year-old Burke. And that's,
1: again, one of my uh, favorite and most memorable tips and times in the courtroom.
0: Unbelievable. I'm not sure if we have any more of these left. Let's see if if there's another slide left. But in the meantime, oh, there is. There's one more. In the meantime, the book is 99 Legal Tips. uh, And it's available from (laughs) Headline Books and uh, also at 99legaltips.com where you can get a personalized version Um, And you're learning, you're learning how to do autographing of books and mailing of books. This is a whole new skill set for you, counselor.
1: I actually spent a good chunk of my morning. Don't tell my co-counsel that I wasn't practicing law, but I was actually signing and shipping books for just a small, small amount of time this morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, they get to know you there at the Boone County Post Office, wherever that may be. Right, right. <laughs> All right, here's one uh, with, with Brenda, and I think this may be the, the last one uh, in the presentation. Legal tip 97, keep your drug-loving apparel limited to OxyContin panties that are not visible to law enforcement.
1: Yes. And <laughs> what you're situation. saying is
0: that, in uh, Brenda, the, the cartoon here, she's wearing a, a T-shirt that says, I heart Oxy. Um, yes. Do people, are you telling me, and you're not making this up, that people show up in court wearing uh, shirts that, that uh, promote illicit drug use?
1: It's shocking. I know. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're seated, Burke. But yes, people walk into court promoting the crimes that they committed in their apparel in their court hearings. <laughs> <laughs> Just like here, she, uh, Brenda was caught with possession of OxyContin and she showed up to court in the, that shirt that said, I heart Oxy. Uh, so my tip was, you know, wear some I heart Oxy panties, something that no one can see.
0: Something that's covered <laughs> up. And- yeah.
1: But don't advertise it on your chest in front of the judge when he's there to sentence you for possession of Oxycontin. <laughs> and the same goes for weed. Uh, all the times that I've been in court with clients who were charged with possession of marijuana, and they're either sporting their marijuana leaf earrings, their mar- marijuana leaf hat, uh, their weed T-shirt, um, their weed tattoos. Uh, those are hard, harder, to You can't take them off, but you can hide them. There are ways.
0: Long sleeves. Yes. Long sleeves in court. Scarves, um, mittens. <laughs> you know, one of the things that, uh, that Boone County, West Virginia, may be known for now uh, to other parts of the, the country are these documentaries about the whites of West Virginia that are on Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that and And I know you're using the cartoons uh, to take the place of some of the defendants, but but would any of the whites perhaps be guilty of any of these ninety nine things?
1: I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whites and the whites love me and I'm going to keep it that way. And it, it is true. I have, I've represented um, Sue Bob and, and Mamie and many of the cousins over the years. So um, yeah, I will just, uh, I'm going to plead attorney client confidentiality.
0: So, so what do you, what happens next with you in this book? Are you going to go out to, You know, small town courthouses around the country, and sign these things because I think you're going to have. It sounds like a lot of brethren who are going to totally know what you're talking about.
1: Well, I was shocked that I was actually called up to be the uh, entertainment at an event two weeks ago. It was a women in the law profession event at the uh, Bridgeport Country Club, and I was called up by a friend. Hey, would you come over and be the entertainment for the evening? And I have never considered my myself an entertainer so that threw me for a loop but she said we would love for you to come and this was before she even knew that i had the book coming out she just followed the uh facebook page and she just said i follow your legal tips on facebook and if you would just come and tell some stories that would be really hysterical so that was they were my test audience uh naturally the powerpoint presentation froze halfway through and uh i had to describe the pictures but i thought that was just more of an incentive to get them to buy the book too that they were so <clears throat> dying to know what those illustrations look like <laughs> but um yeah i'm I'm open to um any, this is just fun. I had a blast at the, at the book festival this week in the West Virginia Book Festival. I got to meet all kinds of really really cool authors uh make a lot of new friends, so I really have no idea where this is going to go. I may sell ten books I may sell a hundred i i don't know um but I'm having fun doing whatever it is
0: it's uh it is nothing if not entertaining the two plus decades that you spent in the courtroom and have distilled down into this cartoon book. And you certainly don't need to be a legal expert or an attorney to enjoy 99 legal tips from L. Scott Briscoe, uh, illustrations by Jeff Pearson. Uh, This is a rated PG book. So keep that in mind. (laughs) Um, And wow. Wow. I just can't even imagine what uh, days as a small town public defender must have been like for you, but you got a good website out of it and a lot of uh, good legal tips. So uh, tell folks where they can find uh, you online in the book.
1: Absolutely. Um, You can go to my website at 99legaltips.com. And every now and then I still go to my Facebook page, L Scott Briscoe's free legal tips on facebook and i give some updates there so uh feel free to check me out at both locations
0: excellent if you'd like a personalized autographed copy you can get those on the website as well and uh, also pre-order the book at headline books and amazon.com wherever books are sold good luck with it it's a scream i can't believe you didn't make this whole thing up
1: ah it's all true you can't the 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 truth is stranger than fiction you know they say that then i'm living proof of that Bert. so and this has been a blast so thanks for having me today
0: It's my pleasure. Thank you as well to Headline Books and their Zoom Into Books platform, as well as our show sponsor, SpeakerMatch.com. Thanks to Brian and the whole gang there. And thank you for listening and watching. Subscribe to us and check out all our podcasts live in Washington, D.C. from our palatial studios. Here we are. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make it a great day. Bye, everybody